And we have clients that are investing actually a lot more than that on a monthly basis. But the point is, if you are are trying to be scrappy, not crappy, right? And you have a, a very lean budget, you can make an impact. How do you grow and scale your business while avoiding entrepreneur poverty? Hi, I'm Buzz and I've spent over 20 years marketing for entrepreneurs just like you. I've learned there's no one secret to success, but a series of strategies to help business owners scale at will. On this podcast, we uncover invaluable insights that successful entrepreneurs and industry experts use to profitably scale businesses. Welcome to You Are Buzzworthy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the You Are Buzzworthy podcast. Let me start the show by asking you a question. What do you do to attract more leads when you have maxed out social media and search ads? I mean, if you listen to what most gurus quote, you should only need one of those, right? I mean, I don't, I don't hear Gary Vee talking about anything else. I don't hear uh, Neil Patel saying anything. No, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure all the gurus think that you're either going to get everything from search or social, right? But what if I told you that social media and search ads are just the tip of the iceberg, especially when it comes to digital advertising? And that is what we are going to talk about today. And joining me today to talk on the subject is Phil Parrish, the co-founder and managing director of Progometrics, a programmatic performance agency that creates value for brands and agencies by combining innovative programmatic media strategies with cutting-edge ad tech to help its clients increase ROI and acquire new customers. Phil has spent the last 10 years of his career working in the digital marketing industry on advertising technology side of things. He's the former VP of sales at AdReady, a demand-side platform advertising technology company where he was instrumental in achieving triple-digit revenue growth rates and developing scalable sales and marketing programs, which spearheaded the acquisition of the company. Phil has a passion for executing high-performance and innovative marketing campaigns that connect brands with consumers across various channels to increase ROI. And I am very excited to have him here on the show. Welcome, Phil. Hi, Buzz. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here today with you and your guests. Great. It's great to have you. So everyone knows, I know Phil through a mastermind that I'm in. I think I have actually had a couple people from our mastermind in there. Great people, brilliant in every piece uh, that we represent in that group. And when I was talking with you and one of your cohorts at the company, I just knew that we needed to let people know what this technology that we're talking about is. So I think that it's fair to just dive right in and ask, what is programmatic advertising? Yeah, it's a great place to start. And it certainly is a buzzword in the marketing space. You know, marketers are great at creating, at times, confusion about the media channels they may be leveraging or the technology they're using. So it is very much a buzzword. And I think at times it's important for professionals like myself to kind of demystify what this form of advertising actually means. So I think that's a great place to start. 
And so programmatic to our firm is essentially using data. So audience segments, it could be first party data. It could be uh, data segments that you are purchasing from third parties. Think of Oracle, MasterCard, um, Blue Kai, companies like that to target ads in a variety of formats with precision. So micro-targeting ads to your target audience based on whatever criteria that that target audience fits across a variety of premium websites, mobile apps, connected devices, streaming technologies. So you can think of it as serving paid ads outside of just the confines of the Google search engine, Facebook and Instagram, or LinkedIn or Pinterest. There are so many websites and apps and devices that are monetized with paid ads. And that's where marketers can begin to scale their marketing campaigns to reach users wherever they're living their digital lives. Awesome. Now, when we talk about all the things outside of the reach of Google, some are going to ask, what about Google Display Networks? How is, is that part of the programmatic, the programmatic, I can say that 10 times real fast, can't I? <laughs> programmatic advertising realm or is it separated somehow? Really good question. So the industry separates these channels. And so if we look at the the power players in digital advertising, those companies that control the majority of the market share, you have Google and most marketers are familiar with the Google ads platform, formerly called Google AdWords. And the primary channel or way to advertise in Google is paid search, otherwise called pay-per-click PPC advertising. But there are other creative types or campaign types within Google ads. I'm sure many of your guests have run Google shopping campaigns if they're trying to target direct-to-consumer. They may be running YouTube video campaigns, so pre-roll campaigns, even app install campaigns. All of those campaign types that complement paid search are available in Google ads and Google controls the majority of the market share in the digital advertising industry, followed closely by meta. So when we think of Facebook and Instagram advertising, I'm sure a lot of your guests are familiar with those types of ad units or have used those types of advertising channels to market their products and services. And now there's a third and that's Amazon. So I like to say that Google knows a user's search intent, very valuable. Meta understands a user's uh, social interest and topics they like to share and, and comment on with their friends and family. And Amazon owns purchase level data, all very valuable. But if we think about that, those are really just four websites where a brand can reach and engage and hopefully convert its target audience. But as we know, Buzz, just you and I, how many websites or mobile apps or streaming TV channels we're turning on, or podcasts we're listening to on Spotify, Pandora, or SoundCloud, how many of these different environments are we engaging or browsing our favorite content or listening to on a daily basis? And so that's where programmatic provides that additional reach. I think going back to your question, our firm looks at it like this. Programmatic, it's a word in the dictionary. It just means of or related to a program or schedule. In the advertising realm, What we're talking about is automating, serving an ad to an individual user at the right place, at the right time, the right context, right? And so our firm at Programmetrics really looks at paid search and let's say Google or Facebook and Instagram advertising or advertising on Amazon as programmatic. You're still using technology to automate the decisioning of who to serve an ad to in real time at page load 
So it's not that dissimilar from the ocean of ad inventory that exists outside of those channels. But the industry separates programmatic from Google, Facebook, Instagram advertising, and Amazon advertising. Our firm manages all of those paid media channels for our clients, but our bread and butter is programmatic. So scaling your marketing and advertising outside of the quote unquote walled gardens of just Google, Facebook, Instagram, Amazon, LinkedIn, and emerging channels like Pinterest, Twitter, and TikTok. Right. So there is some intertwining of social, traditional search marketing and what we're going to be calling programmatic advertising. I mean, they don't, they don't, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They operate in vacuums, right? You, you can take information from what you're doing on social media and feed it into programmatic. You can maybe even utilize some of the retargeting data from search to programmatic. So I think that that kind of leads me to my next question, which is when should businesses start looking at programmatic advertising as an option in their marketing strategy? Yes. And and to your earlier point, there is certainly connective tissue between each of these. You can think of them as disparate media channels. And by that, I mean... Mm -hmm as a brand, and it depends on your maturity, where you're at as a business, what your marketing budget may be. But as a brand, isn't it more valuable to be able to reach the right user who might be in market and actively searching for your products and services and and being able to display a text-based search ad to them on the first page of the Google search engine results page, right? right? In addition, let's say they then go log into their Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn account. Wouldn't it be valuable to serve an ad impression to those targeted users in those contexts? And then outside of those websites, whether they're visiting their favorite sports content on ESPN or Barstool Sports, Mm -hmm. or news content on Wall Street Journal, Forbes, Fox, CNN, or let's say they're planning dinner in the evening and they're looking up a recipe on Mm 1-800-RECIPES.com. That's where that same brand can reach that user, that member of their target audience, wherever they live their digital lives. And from our vantage point, your paid advertising strategy and campaign is more effective if you can reach and engage that user on quality websites, wherever they're browsing or listening to or watching their favorite content. So that leads me to another question. and We'll mm-hmm. dive back into the question I had before. Is there a type of type of company or a type of product or service that this serves better for than others? Yeah, that's a really good follow-up on the previous question. And I would say that four or five years ago, programmatic, so outside of Google, Facebook, Instagram, mm-hmm. was very much more of a direct-to-consumer uh, type of campaign strategy. Right. Over the last three to four years, there's been a plethora of B2B, what we call intent-based data segments that have come to market. So now B2B brands can effectively advertise to business decision makers on their target account list just as effectively as a direct-to-consumer brand. So it, it is, in today's world, effective for direct-to-consumer brands and B2B brands. Back to your question on what type of company or where where that brand may be in its digital maturity mm-hmm. is programmatic effective for? And the way I would answer that, to actually take a step back, and you've had a number of great guests on your podcast that have talked about the importance of website design and development, right. search engine optimization, you know, unique proposition um, selling statements on one's website. All of those are critical 
absolutely foundational pillars of your digital brand, where if you don't have those uh, assets in really good place, and by the way, that work is never done. It's right. always evolving. <laughs> then the yes, that's what, what I call job security. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for us, job security, right? If you don't have all of those pillars in place, then the investment you make in paid media, which can be quite expensive, you know, you might just be feeding a leaky bucket. You might be paying to drive this traffic to your website, but if you don't have a great presence, you may not be able to convert those audiences. So what type of advertising or is programmatic advertising good for a, a certain type of brand? And I would say once that brand has built a great website presence, mm -hmm. there is a underlying tactic in programmatic what we call retargeting or remarketing, that we believe every brand should be leveraging alongside their paid search advertising campaigns or Facebook and Instagram advertising campaigns. And you mentioned the Google Display Network, which is a campaign type within the Google Ads platform. And I imagine a lot of your guests are most familiar with the Google Display Network. Mm -hmm. But in that network, a company or brand can install a JavaScript code on their site. And once users make it to their website, they can anonymously cookie those users, add them to a retargeting pool. And once those users or members of their target audience bounce, let's say before converting, no matter what that conversion point is, whether it's a product purchase, a form submission, a downloadable asset on the website, whatever the conversion point may be, you're, you're not gonna convert all of your traffic upon first visit. In fact, the, the vast majority of users making it to your website for the first time are going to bounce before they convert. And so through retargeting or remarketing, you can serve ads to users as they browse other websites to keep your brand top of mind. So that is a tactic within programmatic advertising that we believe every brand should be executing alongside their search and paid social campaigns. And then we can expand on other tactics our firm uses that may be more appropriate for a brand that is growing its advertising investment. They're looking to scale and drive more users into their funnel. They've been running paid media for a period of time and, and they're struggling to kind of scale their paid search or social campaigns. Well, there are other tactics in programmatic advertising beyond just retargeting or remarketing where perhaps a more mature brand with a bit more budget flexibility can invest in other tactics to drive net new users into their funnel. So, okay, so one more qualifying question then, because I think it's really important to understand at what ad spend level is a business going to be able to afford programmatic? Because this is not something you just kind of tiptoe in. I mean, everything you just talked about, remarketing, retargeting, on top of ads for search and social and stuff like that. What type of annual budget or maybe even just a monthly budget should people start if they're spending X amount? What is that X amount they should start looking at integrating programmatic? Yeah, that's a great question. And I'll break it down into a couple of different buckets. So if we think of a company or brand that's just getting started with paid advertising, to a degree, the amount of unique traffic you have to your website on a monthly basis, or to a degree, the extent of perhaps your CRM data, which you can export and upload in a platform like Google Ads and the Google Display Network to target users based on, let's say, email addresses you've captured. To an extent, my earlier point on the tactic of retargeting and remarketing is only as scalable as the amount of users within that pool. So if you've just launched your brand or you're just getting started with paid advertising, 
your ability to retarget or remarket could be quite constrained as you look to build your on-site audience. And so I would say, if you're just getting started in paid advertising, a retargeting or remarketing budget in an entry-level platform like the Google Display Network, you could be investing as little as $500 a month, maybe up to $1,000 a month in what I call site retargeting, right? To drive users back to your website to convert. That's if you're just starting out. At our firm, we really work with mid-market to enterprise brands or really well-capitalized startups. And so we're helping brands invest at a minimum ten dollars to $20,000 in paid advertising alone. And, and oftentimes... Uh, go ahead. What was that? For month? month? Per month. Per month. Right? Yes, $20,000 per, per month. I want Some people think, oh, I got $20,000 for 2023. Let's dive out in here. <laughs> right. And so, and, and we have clients that are investing actually a lot more than that on a monthly basis. But the point is, if you are are trying to be scrappy, not crappy, right? And you have a, a very lean budget, you can make an impact. And frankly, retargeting or remarketing and let's say the Google Display Network, and that's a technology source, Google Ads, as a lot of your guests know, there's no hard cost to license that technology. It's quote unquote free until you start paying for clicks or serving ad impressions, right? So you can get started at a very nominal level. And one thing about retargeting remarketing is it's helping you capture traffic that you've already perhaps paid to drive through paid search or Facebook and Instagram advertising. It's helping you recapture those users and drive them back to your website to convert. So it's, it's helping augment or complement other paid advertising channels you may be investing. Yes, I, I, I love it. So talking about companies that are either well-funded, so they, they maybe have some VC backing or friends and family, venture capital, that, that type of thing, or they've, they're established businesses that have cash flow. They have worked through the social media marketing. They've worked through search marketing. They've actually even started some of this targeting, retargeting, and maybe third-party networks and whatnot. And it's like, okay, we feel like we could be doing more. We feel like we could be getting better on our ad spend, better return on investment on our ad spend, right? So if on that that company, what are the first steps to getting started with programmatic advertising? Yeah, and I think this can be a bit difficult for a business owner or you know, the head of a marketing department at a brand level. And I think the entry point for a lot of companies new to this really is the Google Display Network in, in the Google Ads product. And so let's say they've been running some remarketing campaigns. Another tactic in the Google Display Network is what's called contextual or contextual keyword targeting. So think of that as taking that same keyword list you may be bidding on, so the search intent, right, for, for paid search, PPC, and Google Ads, and leveraging those keywords and what the Google Display Network or alternate technologies that, that we'll be discussing tech today will do is they are looking at content across a variety of websites, hundreds, if not thousands of premium websites. And if those web pages contain those keywords within the Google Display Network or alternate technologies, you can serve a display banner ad, uh, a native ad, a pre-roll video ad next to that content because it's contextually relevant. So typically, a company that's just started in the Google Display Network is remarketing slash retargeting, or they're using contextual keywords to advertise outside of just the Google search engine or Facebook or Instagram. 
once a brand has optimized that to the best of their ability, or maybe they're looking to advance their strategy and they're looking to invest more in this, let's say, let's call it programmatic advertising channel. There's a few things that business owner or, or marketer can do. I would really recommend that they search for two different types of companies that can help them. Programmatic agencies, advertising agencies that go to market and truly specialize in programmatic advertising. And I will tell you that that is a much smaller pool of advertising firms that know really what the hell they're doing with programmatic compared to thousands of agencies that do a really good job managing paid search or paid social campaigns for clients. So that is one form of research I would do is, is identifying or researching advertising agencies that have a true proficiency and authority in programmatic advertising. And then separately, you can search for advertising technology companies in the programmatic ad space. The preferred programmatic media buying platform we leverage at Programmetrics is a company called The Trade Desk. They are a publicly traded firm on NASDAQ and they've, they've grown. They've, they've been one of only a handful of ad tech companies that had a really successful IPO. For a variety of reasons, our firm uses The Trade Desk, but there are various other competitors to The Trade Desk. And in fact, Buzz, I mentioned earlier that the Google Display Network is, is very much Google's kind of entry level mom and pop tool for display advertising or programmatic advertising. Google has a much more robust advertising technology platform called Display and Video 360. They go to market as DV360. And that's where a brand has to invest in the actual ad tech alongside high levels of minimum media spend per month. So I would encourage brands to look for either type of firm, an, an agency that, that is specialized in programmatic or an ad tech company. And if I can expand on that buzz, I think there's trade-offs in what that owner or marketer will find in evaluating both types of firms. One, as I mentioned earlier, it's harder to find an advertising agency that, that is truly proficient in programmatic. A lot of agencies are now coming to market and, and claim that they can provide programmatic advertising services. But what a lot of them do is outsource the campaign management to their preferred technology vendor. So it's hard to find those agencies that have true proficiency. I think on the ad tech side, so if you're talking to the technology source directly, ad tech companies are built to sell and scale. And what they hope is that their platform will be used as a self-service tool. But what is, I think, very challenging for brands that are trying to up their game in the programmatic space and looking to adopt more robust tools like the Trade Desk or DB360 or Critio or MediaMath, et cetera, is that these systems are a lot more difficult, more robust. You have more features, bells and whistles than Google Ads or Facebook or Instagram advertising accounts. And so I think brands look to license these tools and they say, wow, this is going to be a lot of work. We really have to staff for this internally. And so it creates some challenges. But I think where brands struggle with it going directly to the technology source is that these tech companies, their account managers are riddled with 20, 30, 40, 50 accounts. And there's no way that account manager can go to the level to provide the strategy and hands-on keyboard optimization, like I like to call it, really hones in and makes your campaigns effective. So I think there's trade-offs in the industry from a business owner or brand marketer that's trying to evaluate, 
hey, we're looking to scale and grow beyond the Google Display Network. What type of company should I choose to partner with? Is it an advertising agency that really has a specialty offering and, and knows what they're doing in programmatic? Or should I go to the technology source directly? And there's pros and cons to each. And, and if you care to, we can we can dive further into that. But that's where I would advise business owners or, or brand marketers to start with if they're looking to advance their programmatic advertising strategy and execution. Well, that might have been a lot to digest, but I'm telling you right now, if you're spending anywhere between ten dollars and $20,000 or more in your digital advertising, you owe it to yourself to go ahead and check out what Phil and his team has to offer. And as always, if you like the show, please give us a review, follow us, and hey, stay buzzworthy. 